This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings. This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments. Welcome to another episode of our Faith Moments podcast, a weekly podcast where we ponder and proclaim our Sunday Mass readings. We are entering into the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time. In fact, this year, year A, 2023, the 18th Sunday of Ordinary Time was taken up with our readings for the Transfiguration of the Lord. So I hope you still have that image in your mind of the Transfiguration of the Lord, this opportunity for three of the, I guess, the inner disciples to spend some intimate time with Jesus on the top of the mountain, along with Elijah and with Moses and what that experience might have been like, how that would have fed those disciples. And it's almost like we put in that savings for a later time of withdrawal that down the road, those apostles, those disciples are going to need that experience. They're going to need to go back to that to help to give them the courage to continue to move forward in their mission. And we need those encounters over time, those little bits, those little times of prayer, those little times of adoration, of experiencing the sacraments with our Lord, because the wind and the waves and the chaos will hit. There's no doubt about it that there are those, those times of chaos. There's those huge storms in life. And we're going to hear about one of those storms in life today. Well, let's get into our readings today. In fact, we're going through part of the book of Kings in this time in our liturgical calendar. So our first reading is a reading from the first book of Kings, chapter 19. At the mountain of God, Oreb, Elijah came to a cave where he took shelter. Then the Lord said to him, go outside and stand on the mountain before the Lord. The Lord will be passing by. A strong and heavy wind was rending the mountains and crushing rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a tiny whispering sound. When he heard this, Elijah hid his face in his cloak and went and stood at the entrance of the cave. The Word of the Lord. Our psalm this Sunday is Psalm 85. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. 
I will hear what God proclaims, the Lord, for he proclaims peace. Near indeed is his salvation to those who fear him, glory dwelling in our land. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Kindness and truth shall meet, justice and peace shall kiss. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and justice shall look down from heaven. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. The Lord himself will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Justice shall walk before him and prepare the way of his steps. Lord, let us see your kindness and grant us your salvation. Our second reading is a reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. This is chapter 9. Brothers and sisters, I speak the truth in Christ. I do not lie. My conscience joins with the Holy Spirit in bearing me witness that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people, my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites. There's the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship and the promises. There's the patriarchs. And from them, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. The Word of the Lord. Our Gospel reading is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew chapter 14. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I, do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come out to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was when he became frightened and began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. 
One of the themes that strikes me in these readings today is, are you sinking? You know, have you heard the voice of God? And what do you do when you hear the voice of God? Let's go to the book of Kings again. I love this story of Elijah, and I've had the blessing of taking a pilgrimage to the Holy Land. And one of the places we go and visit are are some of the places around Mount Carmel where Elijah has been one fighting the Baals, those who who um, worship all of these different gods, Baal. And so he slaughtered all of those uh, priests. And now uh, Jezebel is out to get Elijah and she is seeking his life. And so he's terrified for his own life. And we find him in this mountain of God. And again, what did I just open with in the program today was reminding us of this transfiguration of the Lord, where Jesus takes his three disciples up to the mountain. There's these incredible occurrences, these miraculous, you might say, occurrences that happen on the top of the mountain. These, we call them mountaintop experiences, but then there's a time to come back down the mountain and get back into the work of daily life, the work of our vocation, the work of our mission. And in Jesus's life, it's the same. He shows us about these times when he also goes on the mountain. But we see one of the early prophets who goes up to to the mountain by instruction of the Lord. And so the Lord tells him to go and stand on the mountain and that the Lord will be passing by. So here's Elijah. He's got this fear that, you know, they're coming to get him, but he also is encountering the Lord. So he's spending time listening to the Lord who is calling him to be not afraid, who's calling him to encounter him on the mountain. And we hear this account of the wind. We hear this account of the mountains and the crushing rocks that are being beaten by the wind, but that's not where the Lord is. It's not in that calamity. We hear about the earthquake and we read about the earthquake, the shaking and the rattling of the earthquake. The Lord is not in that. And then we even hear about fire, this fire. The Lord is not in the fire. But then there's this calmness, this tiny whispering sound. And then Elijah recognizes the presence of God. And what does he do? He gives homage to the Lord. He hides his face because as we hear in the Old Testament, there is this, um, everybody seems to agree that if we we hide our face in, in the presence of God or those who would see God face to face would be struck down. So he hides his face in his cloak and he stands at the entrance of the cave, acknowledging, you know, in that tiny whispering sound, that smallness, that stillness, that's where peace, that's where truth, that's where the solid presence of God is present. And do we recognize that? You know, I the street... The street in which I live, uh, we've had some really loud noises. We've had some repaving going on over the last couple of days. So we've had the this gravel and these uh, these huge machines going up and down the street, making a lot of sound. This calamity, this earthquake, this this wind, this fire. But 
But then I can hear out the back window a little tiny tweet of a, of a hummingbird, you know, one of the tiniest birds that God's created. I could hear that little tiny whispering sound. And where on one side of my house, there's this roaring loud noise that's distracting and causes calamity. I can go to the other window and there's this little chirp, this little presence of, a, of, 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 the, of the feathers of a hummingbird going up and down my hummingbird feeder. It's just the tiniest of sounds. But that reminds me, that's where the stillness, that's where the calmness, that's where the peace resides in my life. And I can pay attention to one or the other of those sounds. I can choose to let that calamity of the of the construction workers ruin my day, or I can give thanks for the quiet whispering sound that reminds me of the presence of God. In the psalm, it reminds me because it talks about all the different ways in which God's presence brings certain things into our perspective. He proclaims peace, uh, glory dwelling in our land, kindness and truth will meet. Truth shall spring out of the earth, you know, out of God, out of our our experience of the Lord is where we see and experience peace, truth, justice, kindness. It says justice shall look down from heaven and the Lord will give his benefits. Our land shall yield its increase. Our land will reap the rewards of the Lord when we recognize and give real homage to the Lord. The heart of Paul really comes through in so much of his writings. And here's this letter we've been reading a lot in the letter to the Romans. The last couple of Sundays, it's been chapter eight. Now we're just entering into chapter nine. And what strikes me is just this message. And maybe it can also be in our hearts. Paul really, in fact, he says that I have great sorrow and constant anguish in his heart because he's a Jew and he's grown up. In fact, he spent some of his years persecuting the Christians who were following Jesus and he started throwing them into prison. And he was the one who had this encounter with the Lord himself. And he sees his other fellow Jews not accepting Jesus as the Messiah. And he wishes so much in that, in fact, that he would even be accursed and cut off if only they would come to the to know to know the lord he knows that the israelites his fellow jews have received these mighty gifts from the lord and he even he even talks about them the adoption the glory the covenants the giving of the law you know this history of the lord showing himself and revealing himself more and more and more over time to the Israelite chosen people. And Paul's part of that family. And yet he sees that some of those he loves has not accepted the Lord. And, and isn't it in our case, those of us who love the Lord, who have accepted the Lord. Now we're all Gentiles. If we didn't grow up in a Jewish faith, that we have come to know the Lord and come to be Christians and baptized, received confirmation and to receive the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. But I'm sure that many of you listening or watching have a loved one, have a friend, have a family member who has not accepted the Lord. 
And maybe even as part of your own family and your family has been introduced to the Lord, and yet they're not willing to accept the Messiah. And there's this anguish in the heart of Paul because he wants all people to receive the Lord. And that's the spirit, I think, of Paul that we can take in our daily lives is to have that, that desire for each and every person to recognize the Lord. And so we live our faith in uh, grounded in the truth. And here we go. We get into this beautiful story of, of the apostles in the boat and this, this raging wind. In fact, on it, it's not really the, the same account because there's a few accounts of Jesus in the boat, right? Where you have Jesus sleeping on a cushion when the apostles are in this storm. But this is a great image of the storm uh, of the apostles in their boat. But Jesus this time is walking on the water. And the interesting thing, we get into Matthew chapter 14, what has just happened is that we had the feeding of the 5,000. So, and that was just after Jesus found out about the beheading of John the Baptist. But we have this miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. And then after this event has happened, then Jesus is going to dismiss the people. Now they've been fed. They've been fed the Eucharist. They've been fed from God himself. And and so Jesus tells the disciples to go, go back over to the other side of the shore in the boat. I'm going to dismiss the people. Then Jesus needs a little time to decompress. (laughs) I'm going to go up on the mountain to pray. But keep in mind that the disciples have just witnessed this yet another miraculous example to show that Jesus is the son of God. How could this miraculous feeding of the 5,000 have happened? You know, Jesus broke the bread. He, he, He spoke the blessing. He called out to his heavenly father and the people were fed. And then we have the episode of the walking on the water. And we might see the boat as the church. You know, Peter and the disciples are a part of the church. And there's a time when the church is rocky, is facing these storms. And Jesus knows he's up, he's taking some time for prayer to be with God, his father in that quiet, still moment. Those were those miraculous moments, you know, that, that come from the mountaintop. And yet the disciples are in the midst of daily life. Well, now they're on the boat. Now they're in the church. Now they're working in the world. And guess what? Things get turned upside down and there's calamities that happen. And they're facing this storm that prevents them from smoothly going from point A to point B. So their, their journey is being delayed because they can't quite get to the other side because they're fighting these waves. They're fighting this storm and they can't move. They, they're almost stuck in time, so to speak. But then Jesus comes to them, uh, it says, during the fourth watch. And I've heard it said that between maybe 3 and 6 a.m. might have been that fourth watch. It's still very dark. And the boat is still tumbling with these waves. And the, and the disciples are frightened. And they've lost their faith. All of a the sudden, they're in the church, they're in the boat, they're in the community, they're in their vocation, and they've lost their they've lost their focus. 
They've lost their focus that God is still present. God hasn't left them. God doesn't, it's not that God doesn't know what's happening to them. And then the disciples see Jesus. Jesus recognizes, okay, I see what's happening out there on the water. And he starts to go to them and engage them. But the the disciples are are petrified. They think they're seeing a ghost. And certainly, you know, there was this mysteriousness about the darkness of the water. There was always this thing about what's under the sea, you know, that represented evil and demons and darkness. And so there was a lot of, of fear in being in the dark of the water. And yet I think about Peter and some of these disciples were skilled fishermen. It wasn't like this is the first time they've been on a boat, you know, maybe for you and I, certainly for me, if I was out three o'clock in the, in the morning on the boat in these waves, I would be terrified, you know, not having experience on the boat. But these guys actually did have experience. They did know, you know, it's going to subside. Where is their faith? And Jesus, this is the thing where we heard in the first reading of Kings that Elijah heard in the whispering sound, the voice of God. Here we say, at once Jesus spoke to them. So they see some sort of figure. They're not sure who it is. They're thinking more that it's something of fear of a ghost. But then, and they cry out and Jesus speaks. And what does he say? Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. And I think that line we can take into everyday life. Anytime we start to feel in a relationship, in something at work, in something in our family life, in something at church, in something in our local community that just ruffles our feathers, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. I am with you. Jesus is saying, And so Peter, you know, he kind of challenges the Lord. Well, if it is you, Lord, um, tell me to come out and walk on the water. Well, okay, I'm going to take you up on that, Peter. And Jesus says, come, you know, come, come and see. And so he does begin to have that courage. Oh, yeah, I am with the Lord. Oh, yeah, I am one of the chosen, right? And he starts to walk and he does walk. He's the only other person that we've heard account in the scripture who has walked on the water. That was temporary because he lost his focus. He lost his focus. And instead of focusing on the Lord and knowing it's the Lord who is with me, miraculous things are happening when I'm with the Lord. And when I recognize the Lord's presence, I may not see his presence, but he is present with me. But Peter He lost his focus. And when the scripture says, when he saw how strong the wind is, but don't you see all the calamity, the politics, the dysfunction, all of the things that are disordered? Don't you see all of that around me? And he says, Lord, save me. Well, thanks to Peter. I mean, at least he recognized I need to call out to the Lord. But he was starting to sink as he lost his focus in the Lord, that that faith, that belief, that trust was just challenged and it just went out the window. 
And the Lord, listen to this, listen to how much the Lord loves and just immediately responds to the needs of his people. He immediately stretches out his hand and caught Peter. Now, we don't know how far, but if you think about it, you know, he might have been feet or a long distance still away from the Lord as as Peter is walking on the water and the Lord immediately grasps him, doesn't let him sink, even though he fell from his belief. And he does say, he does reprimand him in a loving way. Oh, you of little faith you know and and he does that to us too when we turn away when we get so flustered when we get so anxious like a martha we're so anxious that we don't recognize the presence of the lord mary recognized the other what was greater being in the presence of the lord to bring calm and still and peaceful and yet martha in that beautiful story of mary and martha jesus does chide her you know mary has chosen the better part to focus on me so they got into the boat and the wind died down. And once again, you know, they had just experienced again, the miraculous feeding of 5,000, five loaves of bread and a couple of fish fed 5,000 people that could not have happened in, in human terms, right? Something supernatural happened in that occasion. So what did they do? They did him homage just like Elijah who hid his face in the cloak, they did the Lord homage. I'm to, I'm to honor and reverence the Lord. Truly you are the son of God. And this reminds me of, of our gift of adoring the Lord in adoration of the blessed sacrament. You know, when we come into the presence of the Lord in adoration of the blessed sacrament, it might be during, uh, we, we enter into an adoration chapel. We actually, we genuflect on both knees. We bow, you know, some people bow their heads to the ground in adoration. When we see Jesus's presence in that monstrance, I think of the many times I've been at beautiful retreats where we have an hour of Eucharistic prayer in the presence of the Lord. You know, we're on our knees and we say, truly, you are the son of God. We recognize Jesus's true presence in and amongst us. I want to share with you two readings from the conversation in God, because they're, they just remind me of, um, the, the lessons that we receive from these apostles. And this says, and think about the apostles as they lost their faith, as they went immediately to fear. It says, in moments of weakness, of fatigue, in the most difficult situations, Jesus shows himself and tells us, it is I, do not fear. He never fails his friends. He will not pass us by and go on his way. What could we possibly lack if we are his friends in the middle of the world, if we want to follow him day after day among all those others who abandon him? Have confidence. It is I. Do not fear. God never delays in coming our rescue and never fails to remedy every need. He arrives at times in a hidden and mysterious way at the opportune time. And when, for whatever reason, we find ourselves in a difficult situation, like that stormy sea, with the wind against us, he comes close to us. He may pass as if to continue on so that we will call out to him, but he will not delay in coming to our side when we do. 
Remember, Peter called out to him. If at times we realize that we are out of our depth, that we are sinking, we should repeat with Peter, Lord, save me. We should neither doubt his love nor his merciful hand. We should not forget that God does not demand the impossible. Instead, when he makes a request, he asks that we do what we can do, that we ask for what we cannot do, and for his help to carry it out. That's from St. Augustine. So my question is, are you hearing the voice of God? If you're hearing the voice of God, we hear peace, hope, love, courage, confidence, trust. We experience calm. Or do you listen to the voice of fear? I think of the voice of COVID, which was fear, doubt, blame, division, anger, hopelessness, and a desperation. That's not the voice of God. Those two voices, the voice of God and the voice of the world, the voice of evil, will continue to penetrate our ears. I'll have that construction on one side. I'll have the beautiful, the peaceful breeze and the birds on the other. But I have to choose what voices I'm going to listen to. Will I listen to the voice of God and heed it? Or will I just let that calamity, that clanking voice of the evil one penetrate my soul? I need to turn away from those voices. They will still be there, but I must have trust in God. We experience that miraculous in those mountaintop experiences And so we have a choice of what's going to consume our attention. The voice of the earthquake and the fire and the the storm or in the whispering sound of the Lord. Choose that whispering sound of the Lord and may you always be at peace. God be with you. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie. Reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.